Hey guys, welcome to my hybrid podcast where we talk about creativity, entrepreneurship, music, and so much more. Today on the show, I'm excited to have Carolina Ortez, partner at Anagrama Studio, a world-class creative agency based in Mexico and one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to starting 25 Branding years ago. Precisely as a result of being their client, not once, but twice back then. Hi, Carolina. Welcome to the Hybrid Hi. Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, really happy to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. I'm, I'm super excited to uh, be speaking to you about uh, a lot of things. So let's start from how it all started, and uh, shall we? Yeah, sure. So should I give like um, an overall view of how Anagrama started? Yes, that was my question. Okay. Thank you for actually. How did you guys? How did you? How did Anagrama start? Come about as a studio, really? Okay, so I've been at the studio um, since I think um, ten years ago. So I'm an old soul at the studio, but I wasn't um, like when it was founded. Um, the studio was founded by Sebastian, Mike Herrera, and Gustavo Muñoz. Um, they are like the founders, I think. Um, each one of their um, profiles, their skills, like complement each other. So I think they met um, when Mike and Sebastian were working at a, a design studio in Monterrey. And they're like... Um, Gustavo uh, was one of uh, their friends, so that they they decided to um, start the studio. Um, Gustavo, like Gustavo, is like this um, geek, um, like software engineer, but also like really good at strategy. So he was like the brain or like <laughs> of the studio, and Sebastian and Mike were uh, more of the creatives. Um, so Mike is like. Uh, design genius. I, I I'm gonna use the word genius because I think um, that's like a really good way to describe him. Like he's um, he he's he has a really sharp eye and he has like different ideas, like ideas that um, he can express himself in a way that different from what we see. And I think that was uh, one of the the things that made Anagrama uh, who, who it is right now. Um, and Sebastian, Sebastian, he's also a creative, but I think um, he's really good at telling stories, at creating narratives, and also at, at selling projects. I think at the beginning he he was pitching, but then uh, he, he also started like doing the creative direction or, or along the pitching he was doing the creative direction. But I think... Um, Mike was the one with the detailed eye and just making sure everything was aligned and in grid and like the the kerning, the light made everything look perfect. Um, Sebastian was more about the concept, like the narrative, the overall. And Gustavo um, is the one who still makes sure everything is working smoothly, like financially wise, and um, also like um, knowing how to charge for projects. Actually, we currently have a, a software that we use, like a platform, uh, to understand all of the project um, analytics, for example, um, how, like, what's their utility of each project, how, 
how much how many hours have we spent on projects um also we create our, our quotes and scopes in that we have like like it's a really robust platform um since it has been here in anagrama for the last 12 years so we've been adding Gallant, features yeah Gallant, that that's the platform so that's the one we use and i think that's part of what makes this an agency that can commit to that line that can um also be flexible with clients sometimes when it's necessary and also um understand like um overall insights about the 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 company like what projects are more efficient what projects which projects are harder which services um can be done faster it can be done better you know um even also like um the the performance of the team we try not to focus too much on the performance of the team because i think sometimes that can be a bit um like not negative but can like it can then you can put all of the attention on the performance and not on the creativity so i think there should be like a balance and you have to be pretty flexible um but yeah so that they started working on on gustavo's garage and they started working on projects at the beginning gustavo was also doing like uh website coding like front end backend uh mike was doing the branding uh and um sebastian was also doing part of the creativity and the the pitching of the projects and yeah so after they started working together uh roberto trevino who was one of the former partners uh he joined uh the partner the partnership and he started um running the architecture um unit of the studio and with roberto and sebastian uh, and and of course uh, the rest of the team but i think the architecture part was uh more designed by roberto and, and sebastian so they created Teurelan Thomas, which is which was the like the first project uh, that made Anagrama popular, and that was like a big thing online. I think uh, one of the factors that made Anagrama a, what it is right now is that uh, they put a lot of focus and time on how they were presenting their work. I think uh, for Teurelan Thomas, which is like a French pastry. Um, store um they did like a really nice photo shoot they spend a lot of time in post-production just making sure everything looked perfect and also um denise who was a client of that project was like the perfect client she was really open to new ideas open to you know um making this like investments on something that at, at that moment wasn't like um obligatory you know said look you could create a bit big business but it wasn't like obligatory to have like a really cool branding you you just had to have a really cool product and that was it uh but i think uh denise had a great product and also she she um used creativity to make her brand bigger so that's how they started then um the theme started to get bigger and bigger and yeah so now we're here um, it's been more than um, 16 years from that, so it's a lot. Um, now, like all of the partners are doing different things, things. Not all of them are like 
um, are still in Anagrama. Some of them or are some of them are part time or collaborating in specific projects uh, because you know life happens and then you have another passion priority or um, and and you kind of want to try different things, which I think is something that that makes Anagrama special. That um, and that also I learned um, not quite too long ago uh, that basically um, we we love our work and we love what we do and we are perfectionists and but um, we put a lot of time, but we think it's really important to have like different passions and to explore different ways to be creative. I don't know, and I think that that's what has been happening with with all of the partners, uh, including myself. I'm I must say I'm always exploring different um, forms of, of expression. But yeah, so I don't know if you have any questions specific about how it started. Amazing. No, that's that was actually that was the perfect answer because you gave us a good uh, overview of how it all came about, really. So that was my first question. Now I want to uh, get into something else is that I think this is very important uh, for me and for the listeners to know about is how did you guys manage to build such creative and, fl- and flawless work over the years since your work is like really impeccable yet super cool and out of the box at the same time? while also being technically on point in solving real business uh, problems based on real brand strategy. Yeah. So kind of, you know, you were able to have this sweet balance between having like uh, very impeccably nice looking brands uh, that are attractive and beautiful, but at the same time solving real world problems and, you know, uh, following or, or or the basis like uh, actual real brand strategy, which I think a lot of studios miss that part, the business part and the strategy part, and just like come up with like super visually interesting uh, brands, but that don't really function that well. And I think you guys merge those two areas together very well. Yeah. So I think um, like the, the, the core of of what we are right now i think was how like the 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 founders personalities i think uh, because i think as even as they have moved on or the the studio has grown and we have more people like leading different teams i think there were like three things that we always um took as a priorities and they were really clear on their expectations each one you know so uh Sebastian was all about creativity all about doing different things about you know breaking the internet just this um this kind of stubborn personality of just doing things differently every once in uh, once in a while or all in all of the or projects if it's possible but I think it's kind of a sovereign personality but at the end that's kind of like the push that we need for just making impactful work um on the other hand we had mike as, as i mentioned who was like this person who was uh, who is this person who is like really focused on like the technical aspect of the design so typography typography setting um grid you know i, I remember when i started working at the studio like um like 
like the, the welcome part of the studio was, okay, so here's the grid system, read it, understand it, because it's going to be like part of, of, of your daily work. And that's something that I carry like to this day, like as people are, are entering to the studio, we have like, a, a, now the team is really young, it's really different. Um, it's, it's really talented as well. I'm really surprised about, about like how, if everyone like is talented in their own way, we can do like different things, but, um, but yeah, I think everyone can be talented and everyone can be creative, but not everyone has all of the, the technical basis to create work that is great quality, you know? So, uh, because you have to be really careful, like I, like I'm like when I see a packaging or when I see a website, I like I see all of these patterns like on on how how because people are like how do you know if like a reference is good or a reference is bad and it's just basically um, typography systems is that their coherence is um, typesetting and grid and just also like band balancing elements you know components. Uh, creating design systems, but I think that was like um, Mike's legacy, kind of just making sure that everything was like really uh, sharp to the eye. And then Gustavo was like the the strategy uh, person, and I think um, I I have a bit of um, a bit of each one of them in me, but I think the one who I can uh, relate a lot is with Gustavo. Of course, I have my own my own um, my own skills and and what I bring to the table to the team. But I think um, I like what I can relate with Gustavo is just um, my my creativity is much more methodical. You know, like I see patterns, I replicate patterns, and I do empathize with people. So basically, that's kind of my formula. And I think Gustavo, what he did was just creating patterns, you know, making things that could be repli uh, replicable, for example, for quotes, for services, for processes. And over the years, like there has been a lot of uh, people who have um, lived live their mark in the studio by creating processes, creating presentations. Uh, we make sure that every process that we're doing is documented somewhere um, just to make sure that the, that that when someone is entering the studio they have at least a document to look at is to understand how it works um, but yeah so I think that's like the core of, of how we work like the, the detail eye the creativity um, like the stubborn creativity and also like the 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 numerical um, anxiousness of Gustavo of making sure that all of the numbers are registered and all of the metrics are clear and that I think I was like this um, this kid who understood really with, because I started like really young at the studio you know so I was this the, the kid who was who understood the numbers <laughs> so I think that allowed me to to make better decisions overall over the time. Uh, so I think over the time we have been a stable company. Of course, like the pandemic hits different. I know we will be talking about that later, but I think 
having all of these elements set um, has helped us to be stable over the years. Which is actually, that's the perfect segue, you know. Uh, thanks for sharing all of these, uh, you know, the, the journey so far. So how did you guys deal with COVID and how did it impact you as a studio and as a team? Which is where you stopped really right now. Yeah. So let's uh, okay. hear more about that. Well, um, it was a journey. It was a complex journey for everyone at the studio. I think everyone learned a lot. I'm sure not only in Anagarama. I think it was like general thing. All over the world, like really, 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 yeah. All of us. I was too, with yeah. questioning what what we are doing, what should we do next. It was, sorry to cut you off, but like it was the dark night of the story yeah, for yeah. everyone. <laughs> like a collective dark yeah, night of the story. Yeah, and, and I think if you were like too involved in that like uh, mindset, it was hard like to be there. But I think for me, since I was, um, I, I started leading the digital team of the studio and now I'm uh, directing like the, the well, we did a merge on on design and branding. I'm gonna go why we did that merge the the last couple of years. But um, I, I I remember like seeing how everyone was going through something. There were they they don't, didn't need to be like COVID, right? Like it could be more ex- existential, more about self esteem. It could be more about loneliness, you know. Uh, but I could see so. I could really like reflect on everyone and I think that made me like understand that it was something bigger, you know, that it was because if you get like into that mindset, it's hard to get out. Like it's it's the reality. And of course I had a lot of tools to help me, of course, therapy, reading a lot about um psychology, about emotions, you know. Um I I also like had to reflect on myself on what I wanted to do on if I was on the like asking like the hard questions you know and and doing the the the, the right moves or the wrong moves or so that totally valuable so how how it was in Anagrama I think there were like some major things first we had to become a remote studio um we already were using Slack. Some of our staff were already uh, doing um, home office. So it wasn't that hard. But I think we had a really distinctive culture. Like we were friends. Like we were really close. You know, we we spent all of our days together. We ate together every day. So we had a really close relationship with everyone. And I think we kind of, didn't know how to continue that those kind of relationships uh through remote work but also we were questioning ourselves if that was like the right way to do work culture you know because we were really really close like everyone um which i don't think is necessarily bad i i had like um the most fun years of my life at the nagrama like i had a lot of fun um you're working with creative people so people are definitely fun definitely eccentric you know so i i had a lot of fun but we did have to question if that was like the right way to to continue the culture um but i think for for like the first year we were like okay with it like we were just hoping that it would um end and then we would go back to our life you know so i think we were like 
too much questioning about the culture. We were like, okay, so maybe next year we'll come back and everything will be fine. Um, so that was the first part, um, which I, we later understood how to create community within remote work. But then something really... <laughs> Something really interesting happened. Um, so what happened first was that, um, I don't know, people who had been at the studio for four years, like suddenly had six years at the studio. And I think it was really understandable that they were just asking themselves, like, am I going to be able to grow here? Because at the time we weren't able to grow people because we had to be really careful financially we wouldn't, it was really hard like to do races if we were like un, kind of unstable. We didn't know if uh, there was going to be like a um, post-pandemic financial thing, you know? So um, some people started like to to look for different jobs. People who had been at the studio like seven years, eight years, you know, like people who had already like a lot of control of things. Another thing that happened is that um, international companies, mostly American companies, started looking or team just to work with them for like remote positions uh, because um, definitely um, it was easier to hire like uh, Mexicans that an American that lives in New York, you know. And well, um, all of our team is really talented, so I I I do see like the opportunity in there, you know. And I think it was a great opportunity for for the people in our team i think uh, some of them jumped to like higher positions that maybe like in a regular scenario or non-pandemic scenario like it wasn't going to be that easy so i think it was um positive for a lot of the people but at the end for the studio we were like trying to handle everything and just trying to make sure that we were stable um so I think it, it was a bit weird. Like you, you saw like you were on Slack, and every Friday there was a person who, hi, this is my last day at the studio. Thank you very much for your time, and you're really talented. And you're like, okay, so it's one person. Okay, the next week. Okay, the next week. And I think at some point we were like, okay, so um, we had a really big team. We were over forty, and like the 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 workload wasn't as high as like other years so we were like maybe this is something good maybe this will help us to be a bit more stable and see where do we want to take this so i think that's that's where we shifted a bit like in, instead of just like being too tense about all of these changes and just it, it was hard I, I must say it wasn't easy it was it was like like you had something covered okay so this person it's out, but now like this person is taking the responsibility and they have a lot of potential. So I'm good. And then someone else would go and you would be like, okay, so we need to solve it. Um, at that time, um, Daniela uh, was still working full time at the studio. Daniela is the uh, former CEO of the studio. She was at the studio for 16 years and we worked together a lot. And I think it was really, um, how, how, how do I say it? It was really 
um, nice to have someone, you know, who you could rely on. And, and we were both relying on ourselves and just, you know, say like, okay, so this is what's happening. So we cannot do anything and just, um, you know, we, we are both uh, really aggressive women in, in a sense that we can take the challenges and we can take um, whatever is coming. So I think we, we did a great job like um, navigating through all of this instability. Uh, so we made a, a, a the office was it's smaller now we're around 23 24 people I think uh, which for me is perfect because now I can see all of the work that we're doing I can just uh, really focused on uh, on all of the projects or if I cannot fully focus on one project just make sure that the right person is working on that project you know so just making sure everything is moving uh, smoothly and and perfect. So I think it was a, a good move. Another thing that we did is that we merged the digital team with the with the branding team. Now I think um, because of the pandemic, um, because of all of the services and all of the products were becoming digital, uh, most of our clients were startups or just companies that needed to have an upgrade because they couldn't um, keep looking like old. They had to look new and different, you know. Now, like that, our clients were not only asking us for a really beautiful typography for their work; they were they wanted to see how their uh, branding was going to look um, within, you know, um, within a website or within social media. So, I think a challenge that all of our team went through, even even partners, it was like, okay, so we need to uh, become more digital. Such a great so platform. we. We started using Figma for everything. So I'm a Figma predicator. Like I love Figma. I do everything in Figma. I, I, if I could do mathematics in Figma, I would do mathematics in Figma. So yeah, so uh, we all started using Figma. Of course, not for everything. You can use Figma like for, you know, illustrations, iconography, like word marks. But um, even our pitches, like how we were presenting, we moved like from Keynote figma so i think that was a nice change uh our team started to um, work also on digital projects like uh web design like it, not, not like everyone is really good at something so not everyone has to be like an expert on web design or branding of course each one of them has their strengths uh but we make sure that everyone understands how like all of the digital ecosystem works and yeah, so now um, we are working on on like this uh, new studio, uh, which it's more about telling a narrative, about connecting with people. Uh, it has it, it it has more of a it is looking for a positive impact on on what we do as designers, and but we also have these spaces like creativity. Um, technicalities of design and no, it's fine. Uh, strategy, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if um, I'm missing something about the pandemic, but I think it was really, really nice that I think last year, um, like most of the team was new. Like uh, most of the team had like one year at the studio, six months, so we didn't really know each other, and it was really hard because, like, you cannot really read people on Slack, you cannot really, you know, so it was, it was 
kind of funny because like maybe people weren't like being themselves totally but we had like this um end of the year reunion where we uh where everyone flied from their cities to to monterrey and we did a workshop and we did um like a, a dinner and it was really really great like like we were looking at each other and like oh I, you're too tall i thought you were shorter or oh my god you look really the physical interaction looks like, different uh more serious you know so it, we at that moment at that moment i understood that we were missing that like that connection and and now i i just recently moved to mexico city um people are visiting here from different parts of the of, of mexico and we're working on a new office that it's gonna be this is like or or a past office or like the, we now share it uh with another uh brand but um we're building a desk yeah co-work yeah. uh who's gonna be more like a workshop so people can come and go you know so it's not necessarily that you're gonna have a seat and that you have to be there like every day so it's more of a like workshop thing yeah yeah so that that's something that we're really excited about and yeah i don't know if i'm missing something about the pandemic or is there anything that you're curious about i'm, I'm sure like i'm missing things because a lot of things happen no i think honestly i think you covered the most intense stuff which which is what i was looking for like the main event stuff so no i think you really uh covered it nicely yeah so I have another question, which is, I think we, we're done with the pandemic now uh, and we're moving forward, outlook to the future. But before, before yeah. that, because my question is that what's your, what's your future vision as a studio right now? But just before getting into that, I have one more question in terms of, I really, I, 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 I'm really interested to know this. So what are your ultimate top two favorite brands which you guys created over the years, if you had to choose two, if you can. I mean, it's not, it's an optional question, but it would be interesting to see. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, because I know most of your projects, so, I, you know, why not? <laughs> okay, so my, my favorite project, I think it's really hard to choose from, from, from all of the projects. Um, we recently worked on a, on a wine in Cannes, like from Mexico, like Cannes wine, you know, like it, yeah, like you can drink, yeah. So it was, and I think, and and it is really personal. It's I, I don't think it's it's um it's it's different. I'm sure it's different for everyone because like every project touches you different, and exactly. and every like the the aesthetics are really different so i think we we worked we there was like this viñedo i don't know how you call it like this place where they do the wine i, I forgot like the winery like, the, like yeah what well, was it yeah yeah where, where the, they had like wines but they were more they were looking to create this more fresh and young brand of wine so they they wanted to create like this canned um wine um so they came to us with this project where we're like, okay, so the, the winery is called Lopez Rosso and they, we needed to create a name for, 
the the product. So um, I did I I what I didn't do me before um, before we did all of the merch and I started also directing the the branding thing. But I it, it's really funny that we were doing branding and, and we were looking for concepts and we were like okay so we can think about a mix about um, Mexican and Italian that could be the concept and we were like looking about like this typography mexican style typography uh like the popular ads you know um and also we wanted to have like something italian so we were looking about uh, to these like uh, pizzerias and italian restaurants you know signage like you know and and we had that in mind and we were looking for a name and i remember that daniela said like we should do something like mexican italian like how how do we do it and I was like, okay, so maybe names. And and we were like, yeah. And and I remember I was watching the White Lotus. And I remember that they were going in there. Uh, and, and, and I was like, okay, so maybe we can do Because we were doing like, there was a brand here that was, or an uh, Anara, I don't remember. It was like Pepe y Toño, who are like two names from like really common names in Mexico. You know, so we were like, okay, so Pepe, it's like Jose, like it's the like, it's like um, I forgot like an, another name for for Pepe, it's another name for Jose. So that's really Mexican. Like my father is called Jose, my brother is called Jose. Well, it's very common. Has, yeah, everyone has an uncle or like their father, you know, or like they're called like Jose Antonio. So it's like you know, it's not like kind of telenovela name. Can be funny. Um, so I was like, okay, Pepe, and I remember so like I was looking at um, um, the White Lotus. I was like, okay, so how about Pepe Palermo? Like it, like it sounds funny, like Pepe Palermo, and Palermo is like this uh, his place in Italy, so it's perfect. It could be like a last name, but it could be. And we were like, okay, so and and we can also like play with the word and say like, okay, so maybe we can do like. Uh, let's go for a Pepe, or let's let's have a Pepe, or let's invite Pepe. You know, it, it was like kind of fun how we could use the name. So yeah, I think that that that, that was that, I think it was something that unlocked something in me that I didn't need to be working like all of the time. Sometimes the ideas are on your life, like on what you're doing when you. Um, close your laptop and then you go home you know so i i, I was I, I forgot to mention this of, um regarding the last question is that something that i think has changed is that before we had this um hustle culture you know of working a lot and I, i'm a person who works a lot like i must say it I'm, I'm a person who likes to work uh because i don't know if it's my hyperactivity or if i was born like that or if I come from a hustler family, maybe everything. Uh, but I think in the pandemic, I understood that for me, it was more efficient to have time, like off time work, you know, like different projects. I, I during the pandemic, I opened a co coffee shop. Uh, so this, like I used to work like 12 hours a day, like a grandma in the coffee shop and it was really crazy. And I love that part of my life. Like it was like a romantic moment of my life, you know, like going to a coffee shop and learning to do latte art, you know. Uh, but I think 
it was really funny because we had been on the pandemic and we wouldn't be able to go out. And then when I start, when I opened the coffee shop, we used to put flowers like on every table. And it was, it, it's going to be like super corny and, and I'm like, I'm a bit embarrassed by it. But I remember seeing like the, the, the flower like open, you know, like through the day. And I thought like, I was like, okay, so really this is what I'm missing, you know, like seeing like the plants grow. And also like, I became a plant lady on the pandemic. So all of my plants started growing and just understanding like the word is moving ar around you. I think that's really different and I that's something I encourage on my team you know that they are able to um stop work and just have their hobbies have their interests have like just because I think that there's where inspiration happens so yes this project I come back to this project this project is some, I just like, want to add one thing so you're a plant yeah. mom now they call it <laughs> yeah a plant and a cat and I was a kombucha mom during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, so everything. Amazing. Um, but yeah, and, and and then we did like the the branding. Like they are like one of four best clients, I must say, because they really love the name. They really understood the reference. They were like, okay, let's do it. And also we did the branding, and the branding it's really cool. It has all of these. It's like it's subtle. Like the, the Italian inspiration and also the Mexican Rotolos inspiration, everything is really subtle, but I think it's like everything clicked there. And also, I love the name of not only because I did it, but I think it was a lot of teamwork as well. And just remember that, remembering that I saw that I I, I made that name by looking at Adri Plaza and we go like, why not? It, it is really funny to me. Um, and yeah, and I, I have a lot of different projects. Um, there's like, I, I don't work on all of them. Some of them I direct, some of them uh, like are created by other other creative uh, directors at the studio. But there's one new type, uh, new type venture, it's a venture capital. What I love, love about that project is that, is that it has some Evangelion inspiration, Evangelion the anime. So um, that's also something that I like a lot. And also I really like how the, the website turned out. Momiji is a Korean um, Korean skincare brand. And I had the I had the chance to work with the founder who is a really uh, talented phot uh, photographer, Mexican photographer. So like it was like a really beautiful teamwork with her and her team and our team. And I think that was one of the projects which launched our digital um, creativity because we did the the website also in that project was involved also Noel from Greeny Type, he's like a Swiss uh, type foundry, which I admire. So having the chance to work with Greeny Type, having the chance to work with Cecilia, like with these these people that I really admire. So it was it was one of the the, the projects I enjoyed the most, and also I worked on the branding for. Yeah, the coffee shop that I had that I opened during the pandemic called Lukita. For that, I did the naming too, which I like something that I learned from the past three years that I can do naming and it's really fun. And yeah, that I think those would be those are resolutions. I'm sure I have. Yeah, I'm sure you have more, but I think yeah, that's uh, more than enough just to 
you know, just to see what, what, you know, like it, it's interesting to know, you know, um, so now back to the future vision as a studio right now, where do you, where do you, where, where are you guys going? Do you have any plans for the future? Anything new coming up? Yes, we have a lot of fun and some of them are evolving as we are speaking and I'm sure, um, Mike and Sebastian can uh, tell you a bit more later about what they're working on because I know they are working on something really cool. Um, in my end, I'm working closely with Gustavo and Sebastian to create, and of course, like my incredible team at the studio, uh, we're working on creating this new like studio. We're we're like it's gonna take time, and we're still gonna be new working. Um, as an agrama for for some time but we and and we may work simultaneously we will see how it works but um this studio has a different personality i think an anagramma did great on all of this perfection and i think what we want to do in this new studio is just be a bit more imperfect and just embrace that you know and we of course are gonna still be crazy about grid and about um typography settings and about all of that but we want to do fun things i think um we also want to bring narratives that connect in a positive way with people um we also want to be being more human i care like uh like to i think anagramma is like this Ethereal personality who doesn't have a face, you know, we only have exactly. a face, a portfolio, and so it has to be perfect, you know. And I, I mean, we are going to still work on our portfolio just as much as we have done with Anagramma. But um, I think we are looking to challenge ourselves. Um, I think for me, it was like during the pandemic, I learned to be a bit more imperfect um, also because I was really rigid and strict, you know, and over the time, I'm, I'm now over 30. So I've learned that there's a lot of beauty in imperfection. And I think one of my biggest strengths is just connecting people together, making teams and just... So I think that like something really unique about... Um, humans you know how if we ally together we we can create like great things and yeah we're we're still gonna do branding we're still gonna do digital we're still gonna do what we're doing um but just with a little twist i guess of course like the the, the partners are still gonna be um behind this project so it's not something um new to anagramma it's going to be like the same basis you know but uh but yeah it's, it's gonna be really fun we're working on this new office that it's taking more than i would like to but it we're getting there uh it's a really cool space it's like an old house and it like the personality itself it's just perfect for the studio and um yeah and um, so Sam and mike are working on something i cannot really say because I'm not even sure uh, because it is evolving um, day to day uh, but I'm sure um, once it's there 
um, they can tell you a bit more about it. And I'm sure it's going to be great and it's going to be beautiful because that's what Mike, Mike does. He creates like this beautiful experiences through design. And well, Sebastian, he's a creative, so um, he's looking to express his art in a different way. And yeah, so that's where we are right now. Amazing, amazing. Uh, super exciting. I would, uh, I can't wait to, you know, hear what uh, other stuff you guys are creating, but good luck with your uh, new studio. It sounds also amazing. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on uh, after that. So my last, kind of my pre-last question, what does music mean to you personally, Carolina? And is it, is it or was it part of the work you guys do or part of the studio's culture? Um, yeah, it's part of the, 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 the studio cultures. I think it has evolved through the time. I remember that when we were all working together, um, of course, like we, on the Fridays, we would have like playlists. One was in charge of like the music on the afternoon, on the Friday afternoon. And we would put like from really mainstream, popular Mexican artists like Luis Miguel, you know, to, I don't know, um. Uh, I'm going to say something cliche, but like Tame Impala, you know, so it, it was like really different and we had a lot of fun. I think something that Anagrama has kept from the beginning is that the people who work at the studio are really special and really unique and a bit eccentric, I must say. Like, um, And I think that's kind of the culture that we allowed, allow us to be who we are. And that's why this studio, Espina, is looking to put that more on front you know like the authenticity of wow. mexican culture of mexican talent of um creatives but yeah re uh, getting back to music um now i think during the pandemic i like we were like we weren't that open to share or interest but now like every time we uh start to know each other better we do share recommendations of music um i'm sure most of the team are musical. Like we have people in our team who do visuals for music bands. Uh, we have musicians in the team. Uh, we have artists on the team. But yeah, I think music is part of our everyday life. In my case, I must say that since I'm in meetings most of my day, I cannot really like listen to music for. I think I do try to have uh, like a space to really listen to music. Like I usually, um, I'm, I'm kind of hyperactive where I'm not kind of, I'm like, like really hyperactive. So for me, it's a bit hard, like just to sit down and listen to music. Like I have, like there's a, 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 um, a guy from, from our team. He actually has a band and, and I like, he can just like sit on the, the song and just listen to music and he, like, the opposite of me and I just to envy that and was like oh, I would love that but I think I understood that music is more about my body like I'm a more physical and visual person so my music moments are just make just like look looking like putting YouTube on my TV and just looking for new videos or old videos and dancing also I think dancing is part of my life so I think my relationship with music is a bit more physical 
um, singing out loud, you know, not, of course, not in public, but I, I, I think my, my relationship is definitely more about my body and how it relates to music. Um, I always, I, I, I have been on like drums classes and I've been trying to play instrument. Um, I, my attention just does not allow me to be so disciplined about it. But yeah. I'm, I'm I can relate. Yeah. At some point of my life, um, I'll, I'll have the discipline. <laughs> I can totally relate. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Uh, now this is my last question. I always, I usually ask these two questions for some reason to everyone. Uh, so what helps you get in your creative flow and what is your favorite type of music? Okay. So what makes, what gets me in my creative flow, I think just having like a nice space to work in. I think that's really, and as I said, I'm a, I'm a physical person. So just having like a space where I can just focus on, and it doesn't have to be like, clean you know or empty it, it has to be like mine like um that that i understand where i am that i understand these things having a coffee a cup of tea i think that's really important for me i'm like a coffee snob. i'm, I'm like i'm the cliche of Likewise. creative but <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm a coffee lover so having a coffee um i also have a lot of treats because i do have some Attention everything disorder. So um having mindful music it also helps. Like I, I do I always play this um ADHD mindful music mm-hmm. and I I have like this noise cancelling sound and that that has helped me a lot. Uh but also what as I mentioned, what helps me to get in my creative flow is just going outside my like movies, um Museums, parks, just touching t- touching the the grass, you know. I think touching the grass is perfect moment for creativity because maybe you have all the information to get a great project, but you need like some space to put it together. And when you have a lot of things to think about and to touch and to make and to do, you know, yourself or your iPad and I don't know. So it's you are not actually taking the time to to process all of that information. But I think just touching the grass every once in a while, um, creating these like moments of um, individuality helps. Um, writing, drawing, but I think it all comes back to the same. And my favorite music, um, I like everything. I'm, I'm like from the last past years, I've been doing a lot of um, we really like female. Uh, vocalist music or female music because I think from my perspective on a woman in design I think we need more people to to listen to us or to see what we're doing because um, and and it's kind of a way to support but also it's kind of a way to discover my own voice uh, because you can see how they're doing and what they're doing and I, I also do a lot of reading like female authors from Latin America. Like that's my current um my current interest. Uh but I do that with music. Uh for example I like Crumblot and like like all of these indie artists. Uh but I know also like um I have a side of me. I, I, I also like a, a lot of Spanish. I think 
the pandemic also made me more in touch with my with my roots, uh, my Spanish, my Mexican roots, you know. So I do listen a lot of rock, Argentinian bands, Mexican bands, um, like Spanish music. I think I, I, I really enjoy that just to be able to sing out loud, like in your your language is great and it's really powerful. Then, you know, it connects in some way with who you are. And yeah, so I think like Latin American rock, um, indie rock, or similarities in the U.S. I also like a lot, for example, Torima and, you know, like the, the obvious creative band. Um, but um, something that I also enjoy a lot is like regional music from my city. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I cannot listen to all of this again. Everything sounds like the same. And that's what gets me like out of of my you know my routine like just listening to to regional music and it's funny because like i i i, I do like um please every once in a while ramon ayala who is like this well um old guy who sings regional music from from the north of mexico um but i do um now it's really popular you know with bad bunny and grupo frontera or, like it's it's something weird is happening that suddenly North, Northern regional music is being mainstream and it's really funny. And I didn't do like that on purpose. I think it was something more about like I saw a TikTok of like uh, a vintage video of my city with that music on top. And it was kind of nostalgic and it made me feel something. I'm, I'm like, okay, so there are times where I need to listen to this. Um, but yeah. That's a bit of everything you get. Amazing, amazing. That's that's super cool. So first of all, thank you, Carolina, for being so candid, so real and transparent. And thank you for sharing Anagrama's journey thus far. And I cannot wait uh, to see what new things you you guys are going to innovate, whether it is with your new sister studio or Anagrama's new vision. Uh, I will definitely stay tuned. So, uh, thanks, thanks for taking the time and say hi to the rest of the team and the partners. And hopefully, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Um, you can check out Anagrama's work by following them on Instagram at Anagrama Studio. Uh, this was all for today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Twenty Five Branding and at Hybrid Twenty Five Podcast. The podcast will be available on all streaming platforms. Stay tuned for my next episode and peace out. Thank you. Bye-bye.